Good evening. Welcome to my view from the rim and looking at the clock. I would say good morning. It's the 31st. It's Wednesday morning. Tomorrow, Thursday, would be the day that Christ uh, celebrated the Passover with his disciples historically. Uh, prior to uh, going to the garden and being betrayed by one of the twelve. So it's a day of continued teaching um, by the Master. And I wanted to begin, as I have the last uh, couple times, by reading of this week of a parable, and this one's in Matthew 21. And this is right after where, uh, what we talked about the last time where um, the, the uh, leaders asked Jesus where he had his authority. Um, in Matthew, that is, that's where it is. And so right after Christ tells them that he would not tell them what authority, by what authority he acted. He then proceeds, starting in verse 28. He says, But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, Go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of his father? Of course, the uh, the leaders, the scribes and Pharisees and such, they had no choice but how to answer. They say unto him, the first. Jesus saith, saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. What an indictment. Um, there's a book written by one of the apostles, 
of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's not considered technically doctrine, although it is heavily quoted as such. The book is called Jesus the Christ, and it's written by Elder James Talmadge. It goes into great detail. Um, let me tell you about Elder Talmadge. Elder Talmadge was a scientist. He was not a theologian. He was a scientist. And you can read it in the words that he writes and how he describes every minute detail of the three Gospels that are more or less uh, synchronized and repetitive, although, of course, there are differences, which would be natural considering that they're by independent authors. But he points out in this situation, but what think ye? As the teacher, he is saying, I'm going to ask you a question based on something I'm getting ready to say. So listen carefully. And then he lays the trap. Or rather, he simply spells out something. You know, when Christ taught in parables, these parables were given as such that people understood the stories. And to some people who were not prepared to receive the gospel message that Christ was teaching, that's all they were, were just stories. But to people who were at an elevated state and were more prepared to receive his teaching, the words meant more than just the actual story. Just as in this case. And then Christ, of course, when he goes right on to talk about John the Baptist right after that, he actually eventually circles back to the previous question about the authority of John. Um, but all he does is tell a story that every single person that was listening could relate to. How many times as children or even adults have we been asked to do something and we said, no, I'm not going to do it. And it's not just necessarily a task, but think about this. You know, we're asked to keep the commandments of God and to do the will of the Father in all things. How many of us, perhaps mean well, but we say, nah, that's too much for me to do. I, I, I just can't, I can't live at that level. But later on, we realize that we need to live at that level where we willingly submit and let God's will prevail within us. And so what do we do? We repent of what we told God, either 
through words or through actions. And we go to the vineyard and we work. Just my luck, I would show up and all it would be left to do would be to uh, um, shovel dung around the vines. But that's necessary work, and I would be glad to do it, I think. But then there's the second son, and what does he say? Yeah, I'll do it. And of course, Christ was referring to the Pharisees and the priests and the scribes. when he talked about the second son, who said, yeah, I'll do it, but then they didn't. How many of them went out of their way to lift up the poor and the needy, except to be seen by man? How many of them were out doing the work of God amongst the people instead of being um, enclosed within the protective walls of the temple, protected from the people. Yes, they would go out and make a show, but were they actually out there doing God's will? And the answer is no. I mean, okay, I don't mean to use the absolutes because, you know, we know, you know, Joseph of Arimathea. Um, we know Nicodemus. There were a few who, if they were not full believers of Christ, were at least sympathetic to his message. But by and large, that group cared more about their power than what their job was to do. And so today, which now is Wednesday, I wanted to talk about something that I have been meaning to talk about, but it's not really been, not really come up. And when I'm doing my view from the rim, we're just letting um, how I feel I need to go. But I think that we're going to talk about it now. Last year, um, President Nelson, the President and Prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, asked not only members of that church, but of the world, to join in a fast on Sunday, on the Sunday after conference. for a reprieve and for solutions with regards to this pandemic. As a result of that, there was a group on Facebook that was formed. Originally, I don't remember what the original name was, had to do with the, uh, the fast which is the, the 
abstention of meals, two meals, is how we fast. The group just blew up. And when I say blew up, it's just, there are just, I let me see if I can see how many members there are in that group right now. I meant to do this actually before I started. This group has over 568,000 members worldwide. They are members of probably nearly every Christian denomination. There are members of the Muslim community, numerous members of the Muslim community, numerous members of the Jewish community, Sikhs, Buddhists, probably anybody who seeks out a higher power. has a membership. There's people there. And what has evolved on that page is the focus has shifted somewhat, of course, because that was a worldwide fast on that one day. But since then, it has become a um, a bulletin board, if you will, for people who want and are requesting people to pray with them for whatever purpose. Uh, there's many, many people who are seeking relief for family members and friends uh, from COVID. But there are so many other reasons that people post and people ask for others' prayers. And you rarely see a post with, with um, just a few comments on them. Most of them have hundreds of comments, if not thousands of comments, of a world uniting together to pray as individuals united in faith for individuals. Now, of course, you don't always see the miraculous healing that, you know, is what people who are not believers would expect people to see. And non-believers don't understand that, I don't think. But even people, when they've lost loved ones, after asking for prayers, 
have stated that they have felt comforted and that they knew that God was with them. So, starting today, a little challenge for you. Take a moment and think of someone that you know, or maybe even someone that you just hear about that you don't know directly, either through social media or that you hear about somebody that's on the local news that's going through a, tra uh, a tragic situation. Starting today, will you stop and say a prayer for them? A prayer in faith that the Lord's will will be done. And that the person will recognize that and feel the Lord's love for them. My experience is that there is great joy in praying for others. and for being grateful for others' faith towards me. That would be my goal for today. This week seems to be going by so fast. I say it's Wednesday like it's Wednesday and not Tuesday night, but technically Wednesday. But soon enough, it will be here. Christ's trial. His conviction. His betrayal. By the by, his close one of his close disciples, but then by the people who just days earlier cheered him as the son of David. And then, of course, the glorious morning of the resurrection. when Christ won the battle for all of us, if we will just follow him, if we will just strive to have faith and to do his will, but more than just do his will, but to let his will prevail within us, starting today I testify to you that Christ lived and that he died 
but that he was resurrected and that he lives today. And he is our Savior for all of us. He loves each and every one of us, is my testimony. And I give it in his name, Jesus Christ. This is my view from the room. Good night or morning, depending upon your point of view when you listen to it.